One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. Hello, San Diego. In light of the civil unrest over the weekend, both nationally and locally, due to the murder of George Floyd, we thought that we'd touch base with a couple of local musicians that were present at the San Diego protests yesterday that were held downtown to talk about the issue and to talk about the protests. Uh, My own opinion is that racism is taught, so teach your children. Educate yourself, educate your children. Uh, If you are racist in today's day and age, I think you're ignorant. I think you're uneducated. Um, If you're judging people by the color of their skin, I think that you have a lot to learn. Uh, Raise your children well, as cliche as that may sound. Um, Treat others how you'd want to be treated, right? Uh, Here we go. We're going to check in with Josh and Rory. Josh Raven, Doc Hammer. What the hell's going on, brother? How's it going, man? Seeing some Insta feeds. Uh, saw that you were downtown last night, right? Yeah, well, it was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't participate in the stuff that happened at night. So I got there at eleven to a rally that started at ten, <clears throat> and then I was there until around uh, four thirty, and that's when I went home. You and Mike. Um, Mike was there for a little bit. Clay was there for a little bit. Uh, Carly was there for a little bit. I had a decent amount of friends there. Cool. Good for you, dude. Yeah. Describe the, the atmosphere down there, dude. All right. I'll just describe what the, just, I'll just go through the, the, my experience. Sure. So, um, when I saw about it and I saw all the looting and rioting that happened the night before, I just really thought that, um, there wasn't a lot of people down there to help. And so I, uh, in, in other cities, and so when I heard that there was going to be a march at 10 a.m., I woke up about 9.30, saw the post, and then immediately got ready, hopped in my car, got a bunch of medical supplies, like, in case in case it did get violent, and a bunch of water. Right on. And man. then went down and, and marched around. And um, as, I was, as we were going down, the march was already uh, well on its way. And we honestly just followed the sirens, me and my roommate Colin and... Um, Kayla and they, uh, we just followed the sirens and we found the march, marched all the way onto the freeway, had to push through cops a couple times, marched back down and ended up at the Hall of Justice. And everything was very peaceful. Everything was so peaceful. And then the a couple speeches happened and they were teaching peace. And then that's when they, um, the um it got a little disorganized. And then the cops took advantage of that and they started splitting up the group and honestly hurting us like cattle. They would box us in. And then they would all chant together, squat up, move, move. And then they would, uh, they started, uh, pushing people back and jabbing people with the batons. Um, and these are people that's like, yeah, we were saying things, but we, uh, most of the time we were kneeling, most of the time we were sitting on the ground, holding up signs, hands up was a big chant too. Once that they started pushing, there was a couple, we were trying to yell, keep peace, keep peace. But there was a couple people that, um, obviously there's some bad apples that, right. that threw stuff at the cops. And then the, after that, the cops had no regard for it anyway. They started firing, um, uh, rubber bullets and paintballs and flashbang grenades at that point. Wow. Now I got hit in the head with a rubber bullet. Holy shit. The temple. Good Lord. Um, right. It was probably one of the first shots fired. 
Now, if you think about that, I'm six four, so mm-hmm. I'm one of the taller people in the crowd. So they were aiming at heads. They were not aiming at legs or bodies or things that would not do it. And it it hit me about an inch and a half from my eyeball. Wow. Um, when I did get hit, I was put, I was turning and putting my phone back in my pocket because I because shit was about to go down. And they um, and so if I didn't turn, it probably would have hit me in the eyeball. Uh, then after that, flashbangs happened. Oh, before that, yeah. Um, there was when the cops were trying to box people in and split up the groups. Uh, my friend, he's a uh, MC in town, Rick Styles. He was up front and he was he was very angry and he's a black man and he has every freaking right to be angry. And right. a cop shoved him with his baton and so then when he came back at him, a, the cop sitting next to him drew his firearm and said, "Do you want some of this?" Me and some of my other friends grabbed Rick, pulled him back. Stood in front of the cop. The cop put his gun back in the holster with a smile on his face. Wow. He had a smirk. And once those flashbangs and everything happened the first time, then they just—they were just on a schedule. Every, it seemed about every five to seven minutes, they would just move, hit anybody with batons that are in their way, flashbang, rubber bullets. Move, do that, do that. And then at one point, then they used tear gas. And at that point, uh, there was nothing we could really do. Wow. I saw some of it uh, on my my comfy couch on on the news, uh, <laughs> Absolutely, but man. it you know last night got pretty out of control. I saw you know someone someone lit off a firework downtown, and then uh, the police shot at the crowd with uh, pepper bombs. They call them. Yeah. Are you aware of those? What the hell are those? I think that's I think that's pepper spray. It might have been the tear gas of the use. I'm not too I'm not too versed in it. Honestly, this is. This is the first time I've ever been to a protest that's got violent. Um, right. So I'm not, I'm not too sure. Uh, I will say that um, I don't condone that looting and the violence. I understand it. Right. But that's not the message that was being preached for the four and a half hours that I was there while it was being pe- peaceful. Right. It was, like, it was, it was peace. We wanted peace and justice. We wanted answers. We wanted to be heard, but we didn't want to fight. We didn't want to violence. We didn't want to give those cops a reason. Sure. And they, um, and, and when I left about four thirty, I knew that there was going to be a vigil at six mm-hmm. and I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew the cops were going to start with the same amount of violence that they ended the last one with. And they ended the last one with tear gas. So I said, they're going to start with tear gas and they get, and yeah. They started with pepper bombs. I don't know if that's the same thing, but they started with, with that. And, um, and I knew it was going to escalate and I really wanted to be down there to help protect my friends of color and protect and help anybody that got hurt and, and, and be able to witness it for myself. So I can, so I can tell people what happened. I told my father that I was going down to the rally and then in the middle of it, he started calling me incessantly and I answered it, and he says, I heard on the news that this protest is trying to push into the cop station and threatening to burn it down, which was not true. Mm-hmm. And so that that really opened up my eyes, too, to, to thinking that the, the narrative is that this protest is going to be, the narrative is going to be that this protest is violent, when it wasn't. Right. It was a peaceful protest the whole time. And then they, they, they wanted to turn it violent, and they, and they did. Because yeah. as soon as it goes violent, then they can use force on us. Right. Which, I mean, in all honesty, they're going to use force whenever the fuck they want. Right. But they were, yeah, there was a SWAT team. They were armored cops. There was, um, 
it was peaceful when it was peaceful and then it got violent. It was, um, it was weird. It was eye-opening, man. I bet. I bet this whole thing has been eye-opening. I mean, first off, to go back, I, you know, mad respect for going down there with the intentions of being peaceful. And not only that, with the intentions of helping others <laughs> medically, dude. I mean, that's just amazing of you, Josh, really. Well, I saw, I saw a picture of a girl walking her groceries home in D.C. and she got hit with one of those rubber bullets. Mm-hmm. And she got split open, and people were holding up shirts and stuff to her head. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like this, this thing, these things can these non-lethal weapons that they're using can do real damage. Yeah, and I'm a pretty privileged white man, right? <laughs> so it's not like I hear you, dude. I, I just just being there is definitely going to help, right? And also, for the record, I don't think any less of anybody that wasn't down there that still supports the cause. You have a wife and a child. I do not. Right. So if something happens to me or if I get arrested and thrown in jail for a week, nothing really happens. You know, it's my life is going to be the same. And I totally understand and respect people if it's not in their heart to go down there. Sure. It's a touchy, it's a touchy, touchy, tense subject these days, dude. And, you know, to even talk about it is, you know, you, you mentioned white privilege. That seems to be the label that, you know, that we're given. And, and you know, for, for good reason. I can't relate yeah. to, to what African-Americans are experiencing in this day and age. And uh, to even talk about it is, is a little uncomfortable, but I think it's necessary and I think it's good, regardless of, of our feelings. It's important. It's important. Yes, absolutely. And, it's, and the fact that you are saying that you don't understand. Right. Cause like it's, that's always, that's always the biggest, my biggest gripe when like, let's say you're in a bad mood. Let's just like boil it down. If I'm, I'm in a bad mood, my girlfriend broke up with me and I'm going to work and somebody goes, yeah, man, I understand. Like my dog pissed on my carpet today. It really pissed me off. And you're like, you don't fucking understand. Yeah. Think about that, but just multiplied by a million. So, just understanding that we don't know how it is. We don't know what it's like to be a person of color in the U S that's a, I feel like that's important. And just, just showing love and kindness out of your heart. Like, I don't know how to help. Please tell me how. And when they, and when somebody does, then I absolutely will do that. Were there talks of a solution to this down there? There was, there was talk, um, outside the hall of justice. Like I gave about a three minute speech. It's, uh, on the internet a lot. Um, I'm not sure what his name is, but it was absolutely amazing. And he teached priests, pre preached peace yeah. Yeah. and said that we should, he says, do not loot those buildings. Do not give them a reason. He goes, the thing that we need to do is to go, uh, go vote. There was a lot of things. It was like, we need to go vote. We need to vote these people out of office. We need to vote in a, um, a separate police review committee, right? which I know has, has been brought up before. And I believe there has been one before and it just became ex cops on it. But they, uh, but yes, there was, there was talk of solutions and, and the biggest solution is voting. There you go. There's so many people I know that are in their early twenties that don't vote at all. They're in their twenties at all and don't vote at all. Right. And then you have these old rich people deciding now the policies for the rest of the city and the rest of the state and the rest of the country that don't have the rest of the city and the rest of the country best interest in mind. Right. So there was a lot of a lot of the the, the people that were organizing it and the people whose voices that I, I respected the most 
were the ones that were uh, saying, and they all said to go out and vote. And they were the same one saying, like, peace, don't give the cops a reason, just peace, and go out and vote. Go out and vote. And and for, for what it's worth, I say, you know, educate your children. I'm trying to have conversations with my daughter, seven years old, who sees this stuff on the news. Yeah. Dude, if you're racist in 2020, you're uneducated. Absolutely. Like, you were brought up wrong or, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. The racism's taught, dude. You know, babies aren't born racist. And Lyric is at a, a, such a good age, too, because she probably still has some naivete towards the, the world, but she's old enough to understand what's happening right. and understand at least, like, like what's going on, maybe not to, like, all the way through the systemic problem that's been happening in this country for years and years, but she can understand that these people are being impressed and these people are angry and they have a right to be. Right. And honestly, that's how, that's how I was raised. Whenever there was a, a riot or a protest or something like that, my parents were watching. They never shielded me from it. They said, "Sit down and watch this. This is what right. this is what America is. This is what's happening right now." There's a part of me that wants to expose her to it for sure, and then there's another part that sort of wants to filter some things out. But it's yeah, I, I think it is a good time to to educate the youth. And I see a lot of young kids down there. I, I, you know, can you speak on that? What was the average age demographic downtown? Twenties. It definitely, it definitely ranged. I feel like most of the people down there were like in like 25 to 35. Okay. Um, yeah. There were some people that had their like kids. There was one kid in a stroller. I was like, get this kid out of here. Like, right. he doesn't even know what's happening and he might get tear gas. Right. There was some young, young kids. It seemed like, like teenagers and stuff like that and, uh, and college students. But most of them seemed around 25 to 35. Gotcha. It seems to me that there are a few, you know, bad apples involved on both sides, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think there's good cops out there, you know, I really do. I think there's cops with the, the that are well-intended and well, yeah. there's the bad apples. There's this racist son of a bitch that was just charged and is hopefully going to do time. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I would not be surprised if he is, doesn't have to do time. I would, I would definitely not be surprised. Really? But because just well, just because of the just because of the the I mean okay the government is slow on everything everything the government does is slow they always it's slow change and the cops that have done this before don't see jail time so as simple as that right the things that the thing that really bothered me was there was a lot of cops with smiles on their faces like smirks on the face. Mm. They're enjoying this. They signed up to the crack schools. I know I have a friend that's a cop and he's a, he's one of the best people I've ever met. And there's, I know he doesn't have a racist bone in his body, right. but he, there was cops out there that looked like they were ready to crack schools and that's what they signed up for. Wow. And, and, and a big, a big point too was a lot of those cops and SWAT team members that were throwing the flashbang weren't pulling the pin. I, there was like multiple times my friend got hit by one in the back of her leg mm-hmm. um, from a grenade that did not explode because they forgot to pull the pin, which means that they were panicked, which means that they were scared, which means that they're not trained and they're not properly, uh, they're not ready for the situation. Right. You don't put a person who's scared in that situation with a lethal firearm on, on their side. Right. During a, to, to go deal with a peaceful protest up to that point. Whether, disregarding the, the, uh, the narrative that's going to come out, whether it was peaceful or not, you know, at that point it is peaceful. 
and you're putting a person in there that's scared, so panicked that they're just going to grab a grenade off their waist and just chuck it without pulling the pin. Right. Yeah. So it's, if you're scared or you're enjoying it, no, you shouldn't be scared and you shouldn't be enjoying it. There were some that just had a robotic look on their face and were kind of thousand yards staring. And if I was in their situation, A, I would take my cop stuff off and kneel down with the protesters. But that's just me personally. Right. But if I was a cop that had to deal with that situation, of a, let's say a cause they didn't agree with, I thought what I would do. You have to just sit there and stare because they these people have a right to do this. Right. And yeah. And it's uh, where I'm looking around for something to go to today. A couple of them have not been put on by Black Lives Matter San Diego. So I'm a little weary of that. But also I'm going to tell all my friends of color, I'm going to go down there first and, and see what it's like before they go out there. Because it's I feel like as a white person, especially right today, there is a lot of ways that you can help. And it's by understanding. One of it is understanding your privilege. By doing that, there was plenty of times that I stood in between the cops and somebody because the cop was getting angry at him. And it was amazing how much the cop would defuse when he saw my blue eyes after instead of black eyes, brown eyes got taken away. Wow. Good for you, dude. And it's like, yeah, it's, oh, it, they'll, they'll immediately defuse. It's like, yes, they're like, I, like, you're really going to hit, okay, are you going to hit me? The fact that you have, you are deciding whether who to hit and who not to. Yeah, emotion can can really get in the way of things, you know, in everyday life. And I try not to make any decision in life under emotional circumstances, you know. And um, it's tough, dude. It's got to be a tense situation down there. I don't know if you saw it, but George Floyd's brother spoke today, spoke out today, uh, both of his brothers. I did not see that. Yeah, they were just live and they're communicating, you know, a, a peaceful message, uh, peace on the left, justice on the right is their is their quote that's a that's a great quote that's a great quote keep doing it brother i know you got another uh protest to go to where's that gonna be what part of town um this one's in city heights uh or not city heights and uh, at city college they they put on a flower flyer balboa park and i was like that is park is as big as central park you gotta give us a location yeah it's huge yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna head down there and see if it's if it's legit or not, because um, the scary thing is that a lot of uh, <laughs> those reports across the nation of white supremacists putting up fake um, rallies together. Oh, is that a real thing? Yes, that, is, that was a real thing. Um, as far as I know, I don't know what's real and what's not. I just know what I see at this point. I can't really believe anything I see on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go down there, see how it is, and then tell all my friends that this is the one that we're going to. Right on, brother. Keep your family safe, man. Yeah, for sure. I didn't feel right, you know, continuing this podcast without at least having some sort of conversation about all the civil unrest going on in the country. You know, it's such a big thing. I know it's, Absolutely. you know, people may be sick of hearing about it or seeing about it all weekend, but it's obviously a big issue that, that needs to be addressed and, and communicated about. So as a podcaster, you know, I've, I figured I'd touch on it Yeah. and I saw that you were down there. So uh, thanks a lot for your time and of course, man. keep, uh, keep up with that, that peaceful message, man. I think you have the, the right idea. Thanks, man. Thanks. And I will, I will say this, if people are sick of hearing about this, Black people are sick of getting killed. It's simple as that. Totally. 100%. Peace, man. Be safe, Josh. Thank you. Josh Raven, Doc Hammer. Check out his amazing band, Doc Hammer. Good friends of the podcast. We're going to call up Rory from Drug Hunt. They've got some things going on. Talk to them about that. Hello. Rory, how you doing, my friend? Good, good. How about yourself? 
All good, brother. Uh, lots going on last weekend. We've kind of been texting back and forth. Uh, a lot of civil unrest happening here in the country. We thought uh, we'd just open with that uh, and touch on it briefly. Any any thoughts in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I feel like these times are trying for everybody, but uh, definitely um, people of color are, are suffering more than ever. And... Um, <clears throat> I guess not more than ever, but, but circumstantially because of what is going on. And, um, and I, and I felt like it was, uh, uh at least this weekend in, in the protest that I participated in, it was a, a beautiful moment of people coming together and, um, and using their voice to, to peacefully demonstrate that, uh, actions such as the one that happened in Minneapolis won't stand. Right. Um, I, I think it was a, <laughs> a visceral and, and just uh, brutish message that was sent by that cop. I mean, there was no, he was not in danger. He was covered by backup four to one unarmed man handcuffed on the ground. And, um, and uh, as a fellow human being, just seeing something like that happen, um, with just like absolute disregard for humanity, uh, something needed to be said. And, um, mm-hmm. I've been I've been pretty much respecting um, the situation with the pandemic. I haven't been leaving my house uh, unless necessary. Um, um, I only did one artistic project with the band, and this this for myself and for my girlfriend who lived together was a strong enough um, message or strong enough feeling to 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 go out there in the world and actually, you know, voice our opinions about this. Um, right. I think the, the, the pandemic has, has pulled back the veil or like the curtain on a, a lot of problems that we have in the, um, in the States right now and all around the world. And I feel like it's a perfect opportunity for people to put aside fear and, and, and go voice their opinion. Right. Well said. Uh-uh. Really well said. I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about. You know, um, I just got off the phone with Josh Raven. He plays in the band Doc Hammer. Yeah, well aware with those boys. <laughs> yeah, you're good friends with them. Um, you know, and and it came up. You know, us us being white boys. You know, the the label these days is white privilege, and I can't say that I really can truly relate to. Uh, what is happening here in America with with African Americans? But you know, aside from what I see on media, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm 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 a white American, but uh, my dad is Mexican, and um, and I grew up partly in Mexico, and I've faced racism on both sides of the border. Nothing close to what uh, African Americans experience on a daily basis, but. Um, it's 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 a sickening outlook on life to be judged by like the color of your skin, your ethnicity, your culture, and 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 to be subjugated for that. And um, you know, my dad in the seventies uh, has shared some uh, you know some really disparaging feelings um, about you know what it was like to come from Mexico to the United States and. Um, 
which is another crazy thing because I mean, my grandfather fought in World War II. I mean, he was he was born in Mexico, but he was registered in the U.S. Embassy and uh, and fought in World War II and and was part of a coffee plantation in Mexico. Um, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's hard to comment, but I think it's easy to see uh, a point of view that you can support, or it's easy to see why there's so much outrage. Um, I feel like it, uh, if you could put yourself in the shoes of, of African-Americans in this country um, right now, um, with the disparaged uh, attention that they've gotten in their communities over COVID, where, uh, and then basically the police brutality that they face on a regular basis, I mean, uh, they have my, my support. Right. It, it is very confusing, because yesterday, too, was just a, a roller coaster of emotions. So it's it's kind of hard to put into words, or at least put into like congruent words, um, what it all meant. I think the most important thing that I felt while protesting and while marching was what what comes after this. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. It's this is a moment where there's a lot of rage and anger, and 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 the demonstration is necessary. But you know what comes after this, and how do we? how do we make sure we can heal in our communities and how do we make sure that things like this don't happen again? I was going to get to that, you know, aside from all four officers being, you know, fired and charged, what is the solution? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think, (laughs) I think just, I think everyone's looking for like a, um, (laughs) for, uh, I guess the, Sorry for the pun, but I think everybody's looking for like a black and white solution, right? Right, and um, it isn't. And, no. and when, when in reality, it's nuanced. There's so many different approaches, and there's so many things that can be done from so many uh, different vantage points of looking at it, I guess. Um, I feel like the people that are experiencing institutionalized racism on the street will have a completely different outlook of what is the solution versus someone like myself or someone like you or um, someone living in the high rises that were looking down on the marches. Right. Um, Sure. I think the people in agreement that can say that something must be done should do something. I hear you. There's, there's different vantage points and there's different ways of approaching it. Us on our side as like musicians, as artists, I think there's a, um, a need to express it and a need to, I don't know, create space for that voice. Sure. That's a good way to bring it back to music. I mean, this is a music-based podcast, but I just didn't feel right continuing this podcast without at least addressing this. And, you know, it's I didn't want to ignore it. <laughs> I just didn't, you know, I didn't feel like that would be right. I think that no, no, no. us communicating about this and having this conversation is even a step in the right direction. Last week, I couldn't imagine that we'd be talking about anything but COVID-19, you know, a week or two ago. I appreciate it. You know, it's fresh in your mind. I didn't even know that you were at the protest. Were you downtown? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was downtown at the at the protest um, that started at the Justice Hall, and um, and I left right around the time when tear gas um, started to be thrown. Um, but basically, my my experience was quite beautiful. We uh, um, took it from the Justice Hall to Little Italy. Um, down um uh down to basically um um uh, the 
precinct. Yeah. And then took it onto the five freeway and then into Barrio Logan then to Petco Park and back. And um, the entire time it was a peaceful protest. Um, We were met by barricades of riot police and um, basically trying to control where we went. And uh, I I felt like there was a lot of instigation on on the police's part. That's what I'm hearing. And uh, something that I wasn't faced when we did the Women's March. I mean, there was no police activity, um, people in riot gear. I guess I could understand some of their fear. Right. But for the most part, I believe that the, the, that the protesters, I myself and, and, and the people that we were with, uh, um, were reacting very peacefully. Is it safe to say, I'm so cautious with my words <laughs> on this topic, Yeah, no, I mean, on, on COVID-19, you know, but I think that we need to get away from that, you know, because me and you aren't racist. There's not a racist bone in either one of our bodies, you know, so... Uh, you know, I think we're speaking from from what we're seeing and from what I'm seeing on the TV and from what I've seen the last you know 40 years in America. Um, would it be safe to say that there's there's some bad apples on both sides in regards to the the police department and the protesters? You know, obviously you have the looters and you have the people that are stealing. You know, but and then you have guys like you and Josh, and then in the police department. You have good cops. I, I saw a lot of cops out there actually marching with people, you know, staying more organized and, and less um, uh, confrontational. Is that is that a safe statement? <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, bad apples on all sides, right? I mean, uh, you have them in the government, you have them in the judicial system, you have them on the cop side, you have them on the protest side. Um, uh, once again, I think it's nuanced. And, and I think the most important thing we can do as a community is to try to see the varying points of views, the varying vantage points, assess that situation, try to live in someone else's shoes, and then make decisions going forward that will be beneficial so that things like this don't happen. Right on. I think one thing we all get caught in the crosshairs of is picking sides. I mean... Uh, in our in, on our regular day, we have to pick sides. It's like we can't live in nuance. We can't live in color. It's black or white. It's Democratic or Republican. It's right. it's you're on the cop side or you're on the protest side, yeah. and and that is not that's not how life should be lived. Right. And and I don't think people should be demon uh, demonized or 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 looked at saints. I think there's we're human beings. We're multifaceted beings, and and we also have to be willing to be wrong and be willing to ask questions and not have all the answers. I think that's the most important thing that we can take from instances like this. So well said. Thanks for being peaceful down there downtown. Thanks for uh, supporting uh, certainly a, um, a relevant cause in, uh, in America. Yeah, man. I think we'll all eventually do our part. As, as Americans, we have no other choice, right? And so whatever decision we make today and tomorrow and the day after, shall you know, design the world that we want to live in and design the country we want to live in. Right. Be creative. That's why I love music. That's why I love musicians. You know, you, you can't go wrong with music. I don't think you can offend anyone with music, can you? Um, you can certainly offend some people with music. I guess but, you can. Uh, I, I think guess it's you in can. the spirit of art. It's in the spirit of art. Yeah, exactly.
Drug Hunt. Let's talk about you guys, man. Alt-country blues rockers. Uh, you were originally known as Bad Vibes, for anyone out there that uh, remembers that. So the, so the members of Drug Hunt right now, as it stands, is uh, Jason Myers, Rory Morrison, myself, um, uh, Jordan Searles, Nick Sinico, and Brian Shalowski. Um, and, and basically that band was once uh, Bad Vibes. So Bad Vibes went through so many different members. Um, I think we had like three drummers, two keyboard players, and about four bass players. So when we finally settled on this last lineup, we decided we wanted to change the name um, because there was some legal action being taken on uh, X-Extension's uh, legal group. And, and also we felt like with this new embodiment, we wanted to have a new name. Very cool. You guys, you signed to uh, Blind Owl Records in 2019. Are you still with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we released the EP with them. Um, right now we're seeing what we're going to do with the next album, which is kind of um, where this project arised. Uh, we were set to record the record in June. And of course, um, COVID-19 came through and uh, and we've kind of been unable to practice, unable to get the songs together to record them. So we've been buying some equipment on our own time or on our own money and, uh, and, and trying to make it work digitally, which was never really our forte. Um, but we're basically looking to, to raise funds for us to record the record and then also raise funds for uh, different organizations in the community that we uh, believe in that are making a, uh, um, I guess, an unbureaucratic um, I'm bureaucratic help sure. towards the community. So yeah. that, that's, that's kind of what this is the encapsulation of. Um, we didn't want to do a live stream. We wanted to do something a little bit more artistic. I think live streams are, are, are good for, for certain bands and for certain looks. Um, but for us, we wanted to do something, I guess, a little bit more meaningful and kind of attach ourselves to this, to this moment. Sure. What are some of those organizations that you've teamed up with locally? Um, so the COVID-19 uh, Response Fund, uh, PATH, which is People Assisting the Homeless, and then the San Diego Food Bank. Awesome, man. And so those are the, those are the organizations outside of the music scene. We've also reached out to um, the Whistle Stop, Soda Bar, Casbah, Poor House, Cool, man. Um, to basically uh, check in with them and see if they have any needs. And I've talked to each booker and uh, certain employees do have some needs, haven't met their unemployment yet. Um, so we will be donating across those platforms equally. Right on, man. Yeah, to basically help the, 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 the venues that gave us our start and gave us support and uh, let them know that you know, we haven't forgot about them. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. My own project is doing the same thing. We're donating all sales to the Casbah just to help them out. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Are you sort of directing people to Bandcamp? Yeah. So I think Friday, Friday, we will also be releasing the EP digitally. Um, we have only, we recorded it on, um, on, uh, uh, on vinyl. Basically we, we did it all analog and then put it on vinyl. So it hasn't been available digitally, only two singles off the EP. Okay. So going on Friday, we'll, we'll be releasing it, uh, entirely digitally. So it'll be on, you know, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Bandcamp and, and, uh, will be available to order. 
Cool. This Friday, try to buy it, right? So that those proceeds go to uh, these great causes and local venues, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. And I think there's a video coming out Friday too, right? Yeah. So Friday, we'll be releasing a video of... Um one, uh, of, of, of a project that's basically trying to encapsulate uh, the current time we're living in. So, you know, those two topics of, of, of COVID and, um, and uh, basically the protests um, um, that happened this past weekend will be kind of involved in it. It's two songs that have never been recorded that were actually going to be on the album uh, that we were planning to release in fall. Um, so it's quite the interesting experiment as well, because, those songs weren't uh, uh, rehearsed as a whole band. Okay. Um, we basically passed tracks back and forth and just basically practiced at home and came together one day um, to do the filming of it. And we tried to practice as much of the, um, as much of the uh, social distancing guidelines um, to be safe. And so uh, it, it definitely is an interesting experience for us. And I, I hope for the viewer. Awesome, man. I look forward to Friday to checking that out on all platforms and the the video as well. That'll be cool. Before I let you go, uh, I'm reading here in the reader about your worst show ever in Las Vegas. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, (laughs) It was was the last day of tour. um, And, uh, you know, uh, last day of tour can, uh, can be a glorious moment or you can fall flat on your face. We fell flat on our face. Uh, um, sound wasn't good. Uh, I think people were exhausted from the tour and, uh, basically a, a small fight broke out on stage wow. <laughs> and, um, our bassist kicked over his bass amp, broke his ankle and, uh, and it was a uh, pretty insane, got off stage and people were trying to buy merch because they thought it was an act. They, they asked us if we had done that all, all the dates on the tour, <laughs> which we were just absolutely uh, <laughs> just amazed by. Yeah. Um, we sorted ourselves out. We were nice to each other. We apologized. And then uh, we uh, got him in an electrical wheelchair and then we partied in Vegas for the rest of the, the um till the morning so yeah so nice yeah band dynamics in this band it is uh it's quite the insane band but it's super fun to be in yeah made for an epic story uh how often do you guys tour how many tours have you done here in america uh i think four 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 real tours since 2017 yeah so i mean of course like any band you don't start touring right away you kind of like build it up so i would say one one as bad vibes and then three as drug hunt. So yeah, we've, we've, we've toured a good amount and, uh, and every time we get a little bit better about it and, and fight less. So yeah. <laughs> it's good. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll have one soon when this is all over. Right on, dude. Yeah, I'm really into your sound. I'm glad I uh, sort of found you guys. And um, check it out Friday. Yeah. New music, new video this Friday. Rory, really nice talking with you, buddy. Uh, Thanks for getting involved. Yeah. No, thank you so much for your time. And you'll be able to find that video on our um, YouTube page. Um, And you will also be able to find it at www.drughuntband.com. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the video. Sounds good. Drug hunt. Have you have you found the drugs? 
Always, always. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, that's a funny uh, uh, funny thing we always get cornered with, but uh, I guess we did it to ourselves. But I, I feel like drugs are anything that alters the mind. So uh, yeah. there's several things out there that can do it, and um, yeah. and uh, most of us are out there to to change our minds and to alter them in some way or fashion. So right, yeah, go out and find those kids. Um, yeah, <laughs> including music, definitely mind altering. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Right on, brother. I, I look forward to meeting you in person and seeing you guys live once this all passes. All right, buddy? We'll, we'll keep in touch. All right, thank you. Josh Stockhammer, Rory Drug Hunt. Check out both the bands. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you for peacefully protesting. Stay safe, everyone. Again, I'll post some links with this episode in ways that you can help. But, you know, once again, I just I, I thought it was appropriate to at least talk about this issue, talk about the current climate before going back to our regular programming on Wednesday. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Crazy times. Be kind to each other. Treat others how you'd want to be treated, no matter what their skin color is. Take care, guys. One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. Hey! Word!